0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's time to fill out those brackets because March Madness is finally here. The first rounds of the NCAA tournament tip off tonight. And a number of local teams are among this year's favorites. It's been more than 20 years since we've seen a Big Ten team win a title. So is this the year that we break the streak? Joining us now to help break down the lineup is Chicago Sun-Times sports columnist Steve Greenberg. He's on his way to Pittsburgh right now to watch some of the first round in person. Hi, Steve. Welcome.
1: Hi, Sasha. thanks for having me on. I always figured I should class up my act a little, and now, thanks to you and with minimal effort from me i've I've done it. yeah, easy, awesome How
0: about that? <laughs> well, thank you. what a what a compliment. it's It's great talking with you. And as I just mentioned, Steve, that first round of the tournament officially begins tonight. So I'm curious, what are you most looking forward to watching?
1: well you know it it's it's actually happening now it's uh there are games throughout the day and and then again tonight kind of split in half okay. it's it's a it's a funny year compared to probably most and certainly last year when you had an undefeated team going in a very clear number one in gonzaga and a and a really clear uh sort of number two Baylor which wound up beating Gonzaga for the title and winning it it's it's considered to be much more wide open this time which which one would hope would would make it only more fun and um so what i'm looking for today are just surprising results upsets we don't have illinois or loyola playing today they each play tomorrow where i'll be in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. but you know you've got uh kentucky playing today the two seed in the east baylor the one seed in the east goes today um i think uh Indiana, which is playing well, but a 12-seed in the East plays today against 5th at St. Mary's, a kind of s- small school, which makes that compelling, and, and I think that'll be a-, a really great game. Gonzaga plays today, a number one seed. Mm. So uh, just lots to watch. And Iowa, which which really ended the season as the hottest team in, in the Big Ten, uh, when won the Big Ten tournament as a five-seed in the Midwest, and-, and the Hawkeyes as well play Today, so lots to watch.
0: Nice. Well, before I get any further, I want you to to break this down because some of our listeners may not be so familiar with the NCAA tournament. So, talk about how it all works, Steve. Uh, explain the whole bracket system.
1: I can I can try. <laughs> um, you, there are eight sites in in the on the first what is called the first weekend, even though it starts Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. So you have eight sites. You have eight teams at each site. And um, so, from each site, you know you, you'll have uh, uh, the four that advance to the Sweet 16, which comes next weekend. Uh, there are four regions, so two sub-regionals per region, if that makes sense. So, in the cases of Loyola and Illinois, they're in the South Region, where Arizona, number one seed, lurks, but they're not playing in the same place this first weekend. If 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 Illinois and or and it's on to San Antonio, where presumably Arizona will still be alive, and and then you have to deal with the the mighty Wildcats, who won earlier this season at Illinois in a really great game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's just split you know split apart and and uh, bracket style, and and uh, you try to meet in the middle. And as you get closer, the stakes get higher, and yeah. more and more attention, of course, and and uh, and lots of you know typically what makes the NCAA tournament so popular is. Uh, just all the shocking upsets. There seems to be a way that small schools can, can sort of uh, puff out their chests and stand up to the big school programs. And mm-hmm. you have games that go down to the end and all the pressures on the big school, uh, the, 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 small schools kind of playing with house money. And, um, and you see that pressure envelop young people, these young athletes, they're, they're big time uh, p- players accustomed to playing under harsh lights, but they're, young people and and the pressure can get to them and and you see these these crazy upsets that live on and turn them
0: lower yeah it makes for an exciting couple of weeks that's for sure uh, we'll talk more about what's in store for our teams in this round Steve you know Loyola and, and Illinois specifically
1: sure L- Loyola is the early game tomorrow in Pittsburgh so that I think that's our 11 11 15 Chicago time is when that game tips against Ohio State mm-hmm. so you know you hear that on the surface of things you Ohio State's one of those giant big Ten schools and um, but it's it's precisely the kind of team Loyola has beaten before in recent tournaments and uh, and so that game is considered if I can speak broadly yeah. you know a toss-up uh, there's no real favorite in that one and um, so Loyola will try to win its first tournament game post-Porter Mosier, the coach who coached them to the Final Four in 2018 and to the Sweet 16 with a memorable upset of Illinois last year. Now you have Drew Valentine, a first-year coach, the youngest coach in the country, and um, and he'll take Loyola out there. And they've had some magic, and Sister Jean, of course, will be mm-hmm. in the house uh, at a sprightly, I think, 102, if I'm not mistaken. Something like and, that, yeah. Uh, Right, and so, you know, that's a, that's a big game. And then the third game at something like just before 6 Chicago time is Illinois against Chattanooga, which is one of those games that if it happened two months ago during the, during the flow of the regular season, you would never think Illinois might lose, but this could be different. Um, Chattanooga is champion of its own smaller conference, the Southern Conference, they have a, a really high-scoring player, and Malachi mm-hmm. Smith, a name we might as well know now because we may never need to know it again. But um, that's a game Illinois could lose, and if and if that happened, it would be really something because the Illini were a number one seed last year, and but they only won one conference, uh, one NCAA tournament game. If they go down quickly this time, it's going to be considered uh, just a giant missed opportunity yeah. in in a you know in a heyday for the Illini um and so that's a that's a really uh big game tomorrow night. At Chattanooga beat Illinois in the tournament in 1997. Some of your listeners might remember that really surprising second round outcome. It, it could happen again. Illinois needs to be uh on point to yeah. beat anybody in this tournament.
0: Well, as you talk about Illinois, you know, you mentioned the the high scoring, you know, several of their guards are scoring in double digits, including Alfonso Plummer who's hit uh, 93 threes this season, if right. I'm not mistaken. How crucial is Plummer for, for Illinois in these these games?
1: It's it's he's crucial because the three point shot just seems to be um, the 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 big three pointer, make it or miss it seems to be the the real constant of the NCA tournament. And so he is their top three point shooter. He's not their top player. Their top player is Kofi Coburn, seven foot center, first team all American um uh, second straight first team all-american illinois has had they had to sumu last year who of course now plays for the bulls but a guy like Plummer or a trent frazier another like Plummer, a small lefty who can really shoot it uh, who can really get hot but also can be cold and all of the illini were cold shooting the ball in the big 10 tournament lost to indiana quick exit for the illini who'd won the tournament the year before the shots didn't fall then um if they fall now, they can they can go deep into the tournament. And Plummer has been prolific, and he's interesting, Sasha, worth knowing. He's 24, which already you know makes him old. He'll be 25 this year. He's from Puerto Rico. He languished sort of in his earlier career, played at a, a junior college for a couple of years, played at a on a losing Utah team, and because of COVID, uh, all college players were granted an extra year of eligibility if they wanted to take advantage of it. And so these seniors who are back for one year beyond what would be the normal eligibility are referred to as super seniors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Plummer is a super senior for Illinois, a- a- and as is Frazier. And um, he's got this first opportunity at his advanced age for a college player to taste the NCAA tournament. So I, I just find him to be a really interesting figure in all this he, he he's got an opportunity he didn't think he would have
0: mm-hmm. let's talk about the midwest uh, you think we'll be seeing much of the big 10 in the finals
1: well we don't usually um which big 10 uh i'm trying to think of a nicer way to say this than apologists but big 10 let's say ardent supporters I like to say it's because the big 10 is so competitive that these teams beat each other up all season and then they get to the tournament and they're they're, they're they're exhausted. I, yeah. I think there are a lot of conferences as good as the Big Ten that could say the same thing that have had more March success. But I ascribe it more to coincidence than to an indictment of the quality of, of the Big Ten. Um, and um, so any year could be the year. You know, Iowa's playing so well. Um, Illinois is very talented. Purdue, uh, the three seed in the East, I think is the most Equipped Big Ten team to, to go far. I've got them going all the way to the championship game in my bracket and losing to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, And then you've got Wisconsin, which is also a three seed, uh, and that's in the Midwest. And um, they're very good. And so they were co-champs with Illinois during the regular season. You've got teams that can, that can get there, that can go far,
2: but
0: yeah.
1: until it happens, a lot of people are going to be waiting and wondering why it hasn't.
0: Yeah, Steve. What can you tell us about the uh, NCAA women's tournament? Not as many upsets expected, right?
1: No. Well, what's going on in the in the women's game, which is interesting, is for so long Connecticut was in this indomitable singular force in the women's game, and it's just not the case anymore. There are, but what they what the what the Huskies have done is is really kind of elevate the necessary standard to compete and several schools have gotten there in South Carolina right now is greater than any basketball program in, in college on the women's or men's side. They have that, that program I think has become just a, a real monster and is a very strong favorite to win it. Mm-hmm. But there are other schools, uh, North Carolina state, Louisville, uh, and others. And of course, DePaul's in it. DePaul's often in it and generally kind of has a ceiling that it hits, uh, maybe one or two games into the tournament. One of these years, the, the Blue Demons will, will make a run uh, under the, it's had a coach forever named Doug Bruno. And it's a real kind of romantic, I think, story, just how long he's been there and how hard he's tried to knock that ceiling yeah. through, and especially against Connecticut because they they share a conference and they've never beaten Connecticut in so many tries. But the uh, the women's tournament has been really elevated in recent years with, Notre Dame with Baylor with with frankly programs that aren't Connecticut winning yeah who are you expecting in the final four I think wide open I, I I I haven't picked one and I'm behind the wheel so it's a little hard for me to answer in in bracket terms but I think South Carolina is the team um they might be so great that uh you know that they win and they win handily that would definitely be my pick
0: well what factors do you consider when you're picking your winning teams? I'm curious.
1: I think experience tends to, uh, for me, be the, I mean, of course you have to have players, and it helps to have NBA players. Uh, It's hard hard to find yourself playing at the end if you don't have professionals who are, you know, who have that talent. But to me, you've got a lot of young, and especially true, of course, in the men's game, the whole one-and-done phenomenon: top recruits who go to school for a year because they have to in order to 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 then move on to the NBA draft. Right. In an environment like the NCAA tournament, with all this pressure and all, and um, those teams tend to fade. We've seen Duke, with which recruits probably better than any program in college basketball, and especially in the one-and-done department, fade as Kentucky did before Duke started to, and Kentucky kind of was the, the standard for the the, the, the proverbial one-and-done player before Duke. Mm-hmm. They're not winning lately. It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a program like Gonzaga or Villanova, these schools that populate their rosters with really good players, but really good players who, who stay a year or two longer than they do some other places. And by the time they, they do that and they're, you know, they're, Pretty close to fully formed adults. Yeah, they've got a pretty sizable advantage over nineteen-year-old, uh, you know, nineteen-year-olds of, of similar or slightly greater talent in right. other schools.
0: Well, I've just got about thirty seconds left with you, Steve. But you, you're picking Arizona to win the title in the men's tournament. Why the Wildcats?
1: Well, they have a a scoring guard named Benedict Mathurin, who's who's also an interesting guy. Quickly, I mean, he's you know he grew up in in Montreal. Um, uh, he's played in Mexico City. He's got just a one of those backgrounds that I think hardens uh, a player to pressure. Yeah, uh, he's seen a lot. And then they've got alongside him, they've got just the biggest group of of uh, of tall guys of anybody. So they're really tall. They're really talented. And uh, they've just been dominant this year, so that's why I'm picking them.
0: That's exciting stuff. That's Steve Greenberg, sports columnist for Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you so much for talking with us, Steve, and have fun.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.